Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. And today is episode 186. We're looking at John chapter 19, verses 38 through 42. Jesus has died on the cross. His death has been confirmed by piercing his side with a spear. And here we have the removal of the body of Jesus. So follow me, John chapter 19, verses 38 through 42. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly, because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might remove Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took his body away. Nicodemus, who had previously come to him at night, also came, bringing a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. They took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the fragrant spices according to the burial custom of the Jews. There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden. No one had yet been placed in it. They placed Jesus there because of the Jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby. Well, verse 38 begins with after this. Well, after this is the death of Jesus and the soldiers going to break the legs of those who were being crucified, but they didn't break Jesus' leg because he was already dead. But they did stab him in the side with a spear, and out came the blood and the water. So after that, we're introduced to Joseph of Arimathea. We've not seen Joseph before. And it says that he was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because of his fear of the Jews. And it says that and Joseph of Arimathea went and asked Pilate that he might remove Jesus' body, and Pilate gave him permission, so he came and took his body away. Well, people that are executed by the Roman government, after they're dead, their body is released to family members or friends or whoever's going to take possession of the body then and, and give it a, a proper burial. One exception to this, though, is if somebody's executed for treason. There, their body is not released to family members. And so it seems that Jesus was executed for treason. However, Pilate knew there wasn't really treason. It was all trumped up stuff. He did it for political purposes. He had been pushed into it. So this may be some of his pushback against the Jewish leaders of not then just disposing of the body in a common grave like you would with a, a treasonous criminal. But by releasing it to Joseph of Arimathea. Now, we know a little about Joseph of Arimathea because he's addressed in the other Gospels. It's only this section, though, where, like Nicodemus, we saw earlier in chapter 3 and again in chapter 7 of John's Gospel. And Nicodemus is only seen in John's Gospel. But Joseph of Arimathea is seen in all four of the Gospels. So Matthew says that Joseph Arathia was a rich man. So Matthew tells us that he was a rich man. Mark tells us that he was a respected member of the council who was also himself looking for the kingdom of God. Luke tells us that he was a member of the council, a good and righteous man who had not consented to their decision and action and was looking for the kingdom of God. So we know a little bit about Joseph of Arimathea. One, we know he's from Arimathea. We don't really know where Arimathea is, though. There, there's a couple places that might link it in, in name, but that's somewhat speculative. We, we just don't know where Arimathea is. And it's apparently his hometown that he is a resident of Jerusalem now because this is 
his tomb here in Jerusalem. So it assumes that he intends to live there the rest of his life and be buried there. So he's originally from Arimathea. He's a rich man. He's a member of the Sanhedrin. He's a respected member of the Sanhedrin, but a good and righteous man who's looking for the kingdom of God and was secretly a disciple of Jesus, but in secret because of his fear of the other members of the ruling council. So being a, a member of the Sanhedrin, being a wealthy man, he has access to Pilate. He goes and asks Pilate for Jesus's body and Pilate releases it and doesn't treat him as you would you would normally a person convicted and executed for treason. So Joseph takes Jesus's body away. Now, verse 39, we see Nicodemus again. We saw Nicodemus, it says Nicodemus, who had previously come to him at night. That was back in chapter 3. And we saw him again in, in chapter 7. But he also came bringing a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. They took Jesus's body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the fragrant spices according to the burial custom of the Jews. So Nicodemus, who was inquiring of Jesus, and it seems that he is now a disciple of Jesus, he's also a member of the Sanhedrin, the ruling council. He and Joseph together are going to provide a proper burial for Jesus. It says Nicodemus brought 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. Now, he had to come up with it pretty quick because they've got to move quickly because the whole reason they wanted to break the legs of the guys on the crosses is to hasten death because it's almost sundown and they got to get them off the crosses quickly. So how Nicodemus had this much, these fine spices available, whether he had them stashed at home or was able to quickly round them up, we don't know. But he got a bunch of this stuff and it is a bunch not more than you could use for a burial, but more than you would normally use for a burial. This is more like what you would use for somebody incredibly wealthy, incredibly important, more on the order of royalty. And if we remember, that was part of the theme of the discussion with Pilate is he is the king of the Jews. So this is appropriate. And it says they, they took his body, wrapped it in linen cloths with fragrant spices, according to the burial custom of the Jews. There's some debate over what the actual burial customs were. Did they wrap it with strips like a mummy or more of a sheet with a, a tunic covering, some combination thereof? It, it, uh, it seemed there wasn't a, a hard and fast rule on how it was done. There was, there was some variety there. But the point was to wrap the body in cloth and puts these spices, these uh, sweet-smelling perfumes in the, the wraps of the cloth to, well, make it smell good. Because as remember when Jesus went to bring Lazarus out of the tomb, the concern was, it's going to smell bad when we open the tomb. And verse 41, there was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden. No one had yet been placed in it. They placed Jesus there because of the Jewish day of preparation and since the tomb was nearby. So they, uh, they had to move quickly uh, because it's almost sunset and the Sabbath will begin as soon as sunset is and you can't perform work after sunset. So they've got to get this stuff done quickly. And it says specifically because the tomb was nearby. Had Joseph thought this through as Jesus was dying on the cross or was it more of a spur of the moment of 
hey, let's use my tomb. It's nearby because this is Joseph's tomb. We, we know that from the other Gospels. Matthew tells us that uh, Joseph took the body and wrapped it in a clean linen shroud and laid it in his own new tomb, which he had cut in the rock. Now, the way tombs worked back in that time is generally they're a family burial place. You take the body and wrap it up and put the spices on it and lay the body on a, a, a shelf, so to speak, and just leave it there until it's at some point you need to go in there. And at that point, the, the flesh has decayed and all you're left is the bones then you would take the bones and put them in a box, what they call an ossuary, and then store that box somewhere in the tomb. If it's, a, it's of a large size tomb. And then it would be available to use for the next person in the family who passes away. So it would be a family-type tomb that would be used again and again. That's why uh, John makes the point here, a new tomb. No one had yet been placed in it. So tombs were really a, a place for the decay of the body to take place, then the bones would be stored in a box in the tomb, and a new body would be put in there some point down the road. Now this is Joseph of Arimathea's tomb, and no one's been put in it, so it's been freshly made, and Jesus is the first one to be put into it. Was it a plan? Had Joseph been thinking all along that's what he would do, or was it spur of the moment he got the body down and said, well, we got to do something. Uh, Nicodemus, you go get the spices. I'll get the body to my tomb. It's right over here nearby. Uh, we, we don't know, but uh, Joseph provides his own tomb and places Jesus in it. Nicodemus brings the spices and they hurry to prepare what they can before the Sabbath begins. Now we know they don't finish because that's when the women will come back on Sunday morning to complete the process some point out that uh, if you look back in Isaiah, Isaiah 53, verse 9, it says, He was assigned a grave with the wicked, but he was with a rich man at his death, because he had done no violence and had not spoken deceitfully. So this is one of the, uh, the areas of prophecy about the Messiah, and it specifically links his uh, burial to a rich man. So he was buried in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea, a rich man, a member of the ruling council who was secretly a disciple of Jesus. And he and Nicodemus received Jesus' body and put it in the tomb. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.